Hey everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of My First Sketch. I'm Josh Hyam. I say it every week, you know how podcasts work. Subscribe to the show, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, get it automatically, make it easy on yourself. I mean, I post it on Facebook and Twitter and stuff, but who wants to listen to this on Facebook or Twitter? But it'd be really cool if you rate it five stars and leave a review wherever you get the podcast. Like the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash myfirstsketch. Follow along on Twitter at myfirstsketch. I say that because, you know, I'll post things. Just don't listen to it through Twitter. It's weird. Head to myfirstsketch.com. I'll post some of the videos that we talk about on today's episodes, if I can find them. Two of the videos that we talk about on this chat have basically been scrubbed from the internet. I can't find them. It's, ugh, it's annoying because I really want to show those videos so they really enjoy them. Any questions, thoughts, recommendations, my email's open. Josh at myfirstsketch.com, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. So the episode that I planned to release was going to be a recap of my weekend at Toronto Sketch Fest. Because I went, I had a great time, I saw great acts, I saw great comedy. I had a blast. But after all the COVID-19 stuff started happening for real in America, I decided to go with an episode that I've been saving for a rainy day. So a little backstory. When I started doing this podcast... I never really expected to still be doing it four years later. In fact, when I started, the all, the idea was always for episode 50 would be me because it seems so far away. And actually, it sounded like a decent way to end. But then episode 49 came around. I was still having fun. We didn't schedule episode 50. So it became this little inside joke with a couple of my friends that episode 50 featuring me would be a lost episode. Uh, It was always the plan for my friend Julia to be the interviewer, to be the guest host. She called dibs on it when I first started doing the podcast. And after enough time delaying it, we finally scheduled a night to record this episode. Julia and I went over to our friend Brian Craig's house. We ate some wonderful pizza. We had some wonderful drinks. We chatted for a while. So much so that I cut like 30 minutes from this episode just because we were being silly and goofy or being awkward and fun. But that was in January of 2018. I've held on to this audio for a long time. Because honestly, I've been dreading editing this episode. Because it's it feels like it's too much me. I don't like when I interview someone and my questions ramble on. Or I feel like I'm dominating the conversation. But this feels as good a time as any to release this episode. So today's guest, on episode 50, which is a lost episode, wink wink, is me, Josh Hyam currently the host of my first sketch your guest host is julia hudson who you may remember from some of my favorite sketch groups like swedish and barbara bush or now with crying alone in the shower my first sketch is a straight ripoff of snl's old delicious dish sketches and i'm actually giving you the actual audio from the actual first time it was performed on november 27th 2015 even though i had ran it about 15 years earlier you'll hear myself julia hudson and our friend Chris McGraw performing. Obviously, you'll miss some of the visual elements of the sketch, but who knows? Maybe it'll show up on myfirstsketch.com. But you have to know that there's a big laugh in there where it'll help if you know that I'm shoving as many pieces of white bread into my mouth as I can fit. So let's go to the sketch. You're listening to Delicious Fish on National Public Radio. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't respond to my. It brings up repressed memories of my childhood. 
going to Catholic grade school and getting my knuckles whacked by the headmaster every time I wrote my name on the ledger. Oh. Oh, look, I'm so sorry for bringing up that horrible memory. Actually, it, it was one of my better memories. <laughs> oh, okay, well, okay then, so Michael, um, can you share with my uh, listeners where they might distinguish your voice with you? Uh, my voice is different from everyone else's voice.
I would like to use this forum, and this time, to introduce my CD, Anthony Banks Sings the Beatles and Sounds Just Like Them. <laughs> <laughs> On my website, the low, low price of $27.95. I'll take four. Excellent. I'll write that down and send it right to you. The police have just pulled up. Oh, better make the run. <laughs> Listeners, uh, that is the end of our time on Delicious Dish. Uh, wait, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my producers have just informed me this show has been canceled. Okay. So why don't you uh, tune in tomorrow for an infomercial starring Suzanne Summers in the Anthony Banks Thighmaster. <laughs> you know what? Hold that thought. Do not tune in for that. Do not. Uh, my name is Georgia Martin Bauman. And I'm Michael James Newman. And thank you for listening to the Delicious, Delicious Dish. Dish on National Public Radio. <laughs>Josh. Hey, Julia. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh-huh. Tell us what the inspiration behind this sketch was. Um, or is, because it is still a sketch. <laughs> it's still, yeah, it still exists. So I had started watching SNL at some point, and I think this was definitely before the Sweaty Balls delicious dish, mm-hmm. it wasn't... Like, Sweaty Balls turned that sketch into something else. Like, before that, it was just two... At least it felt like these two women soft talkers just talking like nonsensical about like food like it wasn't mm-hmm. you know sweaty balls turned it into a pun machine where they just did so one year uh at church camp like you there would be skit night and sketch and skit well, skit night um so i decided one year that i would take something with me mm-hmm. and me and a friend and i would do this and we would have fun and write our own skit before skit night instead of like whatever mm-hmm. cabins or teams whatever they would do so you prepared this before church camp I, yeah i brought this with me to like in my stuff <laughs> taking with me to church camp was this piece of like uh-huh. was a piece of paper with this written on it got it prepared and we did not do it wait you didn't actually even perform it nope <laughs> what why not i think i probably just got like cold feet about it like uh-huh. I don't think anyone even saw it. Like, really? The, the, you know, I think I think it started like uh, one of my friends and I were talking and like just making you know fun and like not improving but like doing like characters and like talking about comedy stuff that we saw and watched. So we started like doing this like weird soft spoken character and I took it home with me and I wrote mm-hmm. a thing oh. for the next year. Got. <laughs> You wrote this a year no, ahead of no, time. No, it wasn't that like it was probably like like winter camp to summer camp like that. Oh, okay. So a couple months. But still, still, that's like six months in advance at probably. least. Probably. Okay. Probably, yeah. Oh, and then you didn't perform it. No, no, I don't know. Like, no, I don't know why. I don't know if. Yeah, I probably just got cold feet and didn't want to show anybody. Or. So, but did your friend at least see it? Uh, I don't remember. Oh. Probably not. Oh, that's so sad. That's all right. There was, there's like... 16 years later, <laughs> we've put it to tape and yeah, got it on it. stage. And... That's true. Yes, we did do it on stage the one time. Yes. Yes, and that was like the very, very first incarnation of my first sketch before. Yeah, that was the first idea I had of my first sketch because I knew this existed somewhere in... <laughs> I knew this existed in some box somewhere mm-hmm. so for black friday a couple years ago i pitched the idea of my first sketch which was just um let's have people dig up their first thing and mm-hmm. perform it again just to see what we can do so i did so i had this idea i had this and i asked you julia and uh chris mcgrail to help mm-hmm. uh and then brian kelly who was producing the sketch portion of black friday he volunteered his first sketch, and he got a crew of people to do his, and mm-hmm. that took up ten minutes of Black Friday. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <clears throat> I I had fun. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I just remember it being like a very kind of like last minute thing having to pull together because it was like, or you knew what you were doing, but. Yeah, the, the three of us were downstairs yeah, but reading through we a couple did, of different times. like Yeah, because it's not like it was a rehearsed no. thing beforehand. Um, yeah, we definitely had cheat sheets and cue cards and yeah. stuff hiding and but uh, I, that we hopefully weren't too obvious about. Exactly. I'm pretty sure I had that like. Yeah, I, I had it. I, I'm pretty sure I had it laying like yeah. flat down. I I know I memorize. Well, I tried to memorize it, but yeah, we tried. We tried, and from like the two run-throughs that we did right before the show, yeah. we weren't terrible. No, but no, for something as quickly thrown together, and like we weren't rehearsing mm-hmm. weeks out for my this yeah. entirely too long sketch. Yeah, exactly. It would have been one of those things that had Brian Craig. By the way, guys, Brian Craig is here with us right now. <laughs> uh, had Brian been there, he would have been so annoyed with us for yeah. having paper on the stage. Sure. And, like, reading. Sure, and I think in, in any other context, in any other show outside of Black Friday, like, the, the Comedy Marathon, I would be too. Yeah. But Comedy Marathon, certain rules get relaxed. and Yeah. At least in my opinion. I think you were also producing, like, two other things that year, weren't you? Yeah. I, oh, uh, one. Uh, the, the next morning, I had this idea of a sketch show where instead of a the exquisite corpse writing practice, where uh, someone writes the first page of a of a sketch and then you pass it off and they finish it, mm-hmm. I thought, hey, what if I gave someone the last line of a sketch mm-hmm. and they have to get to that point? So mm-hmm. I recruited a couple other people to do that, and uh, we did that at like five in the morning, and it did not go well because I. <laughs> I was getting sick. Uh, there might have been a couple of drunk people. There might have oh, been. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 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 I, I think I puked like immediately after the show was over. So. Were you sick? I was sick. Like okay, so you like, were like actually like yeah. sick, sick, not just like because I remember getting to being becoming a very mean person at that around that time just from lack of sleep. And, like, not feeling well because I hadn't slept, but not because I was, like, sick, sick. No, I, I was, like, I think I was sick, sick. Because mm-hmm. I, I definitely puked. Like, Ew. I definitely have a memory of puking right after that show, so. Oh, that sounds gross. Yeah, so. Mm. Well, you're dedicated. I guess so. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go that far. Yeah. But how did it feel? Like, the first time, for so going back to my first sketch how did it feel to actually perform it that first time especially given that you didn't end up performing it the first time around which i had always thought it had been performed no it was just it was weird because um the whole idea of this this podcast is idea like and i don't know maybe i'm just naive i thought like everyone everyone that you know that does comedy or tries to do comedy or has wanted to do this since they were a kid and like Mm -hmm has had ideas and stuff t- written out, like, when I was a kid, where, you know, doing this co- like doing this podcast, I've noticed, oh, yeah, I did this two years ago after, for you know, trying the class. And I was like, oh. Like, there's uh-huh. a part of me that's always kind of, like, shucks. Like, mm-hmm. I wish there was something older. But yeah, um, it, was, it, it was a very surreal thing to have something that I wrote. For, first off, to show people something that I wrote when I was 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. And then to actually put it on stage and show mm-hmm. a crowd of people. Mm-hmm. Um, if 14, 15-year-old Josh didn't do this at church camp, mm-hmm. but 30-something-year-old Josh was okay. Like, it's, I don't know. It, I think that's a nice evolution of mm-hmm. who I've become. Oh, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That might get cut out because that seems too deep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're allowed to get deep. Yeah, we can. I, think, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. No, that is a nice evolution. That's a, I think that's really nice. Yeah. Like being able to come back and like, you know, be like, hey, 15 year old me, this is what we're doing now. Like, and, you'll be proud of me. And I think it's also a little helpful that like as many, as, as many dumb things that are in this, I think there's a couple of jokes that actually. There are some really good jokes like, in that one. Yeah. Kansas is can sauce is. <laughs> I love it, and I might make a t-shirt with it. I don't know. Um, that just dumb pun of it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things, like, how has no one thought of that before? Maybe someone has, and i just never seen it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I like the uh, repressed memories bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I never went to Catholic school, so I'm just, uh, I'm just 
projecting onto that one. I don't know. Yeah, got it. So in general, where did the idea for my first sketch come from? Just literally, like, I, I knew I had this. I knew I had something that I did at, that I had written at 14 or 15. And I was really curious to see what other people had done. Um, so I pitched it as a performance thing, and that's all I ever really wanted to do it. I pitched it again for Philly Sketch Fest the next spring, like a couple months later. And uh, Brian Kelly called me, and he was like, "We, I really like this idea. You know, you did it. We did it a couple months ago. What if we expand it and you actually talk to people and mm-hmm. we talk about, you know, people's first sketch and why and how and what made them do it? I was like, all right, cool. Who do you want to do that? He's like, no, it's your idea. It's your show. Oh, so you want me to talk to people? Okay. Mm-hmm. So we did a pilot for Sketchfest and we rang out a couple people. I had to talk to people mm-hmm. that I don't think I'm very good at talking to people. So that was a weird mm-hmm. thing to do. By the way, I feel like we both need to relax because we're both sitting here with like <laughs> our, arm, our arms crossed and like tucked into each other. Your legs are freaking out. I am. Uh, so we can relax. This is just like a casual conversation, Joshua. Yeah, Joshua. Josh got mad at me earlier for saying Joshua. So, um, so how do you feel about talking to people now? Do you feel like it's gotten any easier? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it is. It's easier. Like the, the process of, the process of scheduling people and getting people to do it and like asking like, Hey, can we like do it this? Like that, that's the hard part now. Uh-huh. Talking to people and editing and all that stuff is a piece of cake compared to scheduling and mm-hmm. the, the first parts of producing stuff. But I think that's true of everything. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Talking to people. And even though I joke that I, I ask the same six or seven questions to everybody. Mm-hmm a conversation does come out of those questions. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We hope that something, an actual, uh, natural conversation comes out of those questions. Yeah. All right. So what did you watch as a kid, Josh? A lot of like the syndicated stuff that was on TV. Like by the time I was a kid, it was, uh, you know, the full house family matters was on like every day at that point. Mm hmm. Uh, eventually, you know, the stuff that early 90s, mid 90s, Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. As a little kid, it was Ninja Turtles. Eventually, Simpsons. Eventually, Simpsons took over. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember watching um, Wayne's World, Adam's Family. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, Weekend at Bernie's. Mm-hmm. A lot on VHS. Like, Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, those are the three tapes that I rotate. Like, oh, they're excellent. Yeah, I mean, we can. Have, I don't know if I could watch Weekend at Bernie's now and like mm-hmm. be like, oh yeah, this totally holds up. This is yeah, Adam's Family and Wayne's World probably, but mm-hmm. yeah, Weekend at Bernie's is one of those movies that I know I have seen the whole way through, mm-hmm. but I have never seen it in one sitting, like Dumb and Dumber. Like I've just. I've seen the whole thing, but not all at once. First time I saw Dumb and Dumber, I saw it at my friend's house. We were having a sleepover when I was, I don't know, 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because it was a PG-13 movie, his parents would, were watching it with us. And we had to cover up and close our eyes for certain scenes. Like the the diarrhea scene in the bathroom. Uh-huh. We were not allowed to watch that. Like, Oh, really? Yeah, we had like heads and pillows. Like, uh-huh. So I didn't know it was a thing until I was like 19. Mm-hmm. And I rewatched it eventually. Got it. So here's an interesting question for you. Okay. Because I know you were a big fan of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And recently there was a documentary called The Problem with a Poo. Right. Yeah. And also just considering kind of the climate that we're in. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you loved when you were younger that um, under the lens of 2018, uh, feels like really problematic now um i remember the cosby show being on a lot and like my parents had the cosby records like mm-hmm. of his stand-up and when i was a kid the noah sequence that i think there's like three tracks where noah talks to god on the one i, I think it's um though cosby's a very funny fellow or something like that 
where Noah talks to God about building an ark. Mm-hmm. And it's a really funny piece of, you know, him being Noah, doing a switch on the microphone to give a different, like, a different amplification and a different voice and just having this conversation. And now that's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Bill Cosby was, like, the hero among heroes, like, for comedy people. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, you know, I always reveled in the fact that he was an actual doctor. Like, that wasn't a honorary degree. Like, uh, like he got, like, uh, an EDD from, I think, UMass. Oh, really? I never uh, knew that. Because of his work on the electric company, he actually did, like, a paper oh, about okay. education and TV. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, like, you know, everything Cosby is just gone now like yeah um and i I think he's the big one Mm -hmm. because i wasn't a huge woody allen person i wasn't louis ck recently Mm -hmm. um i just remember when i was on when we recorded uh my episode okay i remember mentioning the party to you but also not mentioning how problematic the party is the party. Uh, it's with Peter Sellers. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, we did talk about it. Yeah. Because I we talked about it later, and I was like, yeah, it's... Yeah, that, that there's a but lot it was the of thing that I was raised on. in... And by the way, for anybody who's unfamiliar with the party, it's with Peter Sellers, and he's in brown face. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of that, I think, that comes up and over like time, I... where we look at different, you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah. With, it's it's uh, hard. Mickey Rooney's... Mm-hmm. Uh, bad choice of yeah. the time. But even um, I think of like Mad TV and you know, like Mrs. Swan or Miss Swan. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then, cause I remember like that character was so easily, easily, uh, Oh yeah. Imitatable. Like, yeah. I remember in high school we, we were doing that All voice. The like, yeah. And now you think like, Oh yeah, that's a, uh, yeah, uh. exactly. Um, I'm sure there's tons of things I'm completely mm-hmm. forgetting about. Like, how do you, like, all the stuff, like, that you love, but that is now, like, terrible. Like, how do you reconcile that? You just, like, never watch it again or, like, because, like, when I think about, like, the party, that was, like, a thing that my family and I quoted Mm -hmm. all the time and we loved it. But now it's kind of, like, we were raised on something bad. (laughs) Um, And I don't know what to do with that. I don't know if I could go back and listen to Bill Cosby's Noah. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that was clearly my favorite part. Like, I don't know if I can do it. It's it's going to be a difficult thing to reconcile someone's good creative work with their miserable, monstrous private mm-hmm. life. Yeah. And I think at some point we probably can. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that's going to take time. When you think about, like, but then there are the actual creative works that are mm-hmm. problematic in and of themselves. Yeah. That, like... Like, I, I guess that's personally for me. Like, yeah. this is not... Right. Uh, we're but, not trying to go into my psyche. We're trying to go into yours. Right. And I, I just can't think of any... Anything that I've, like... That I really held up to a light. There's certain things that, like... We talked about saying like a lot, and I've already... I got really self-conscious about that just then. There's a like counter now. <laughs> How many times do we say like? Go. I just can't think of any, like, piece of work that I really held in high regard as a child or as a teen mm-hmm. looking back. Like, I'm sure there's like SNL sketches that mm-hmm. their tenor is completely different now than yeah. what it was back then. Mm-hmm. But nothing's coming to mind. Got it. You know, I heard that the song Fantasy by Ludacris on the radio the other day. Okay. And I knew all the lyrics to that song at one point. I'm I, I'm completely. I don't know that. The song's disgusting. I'm sure. Um, but they also. Uh, I'm sure a lot of like the radio edit was really funny because there was just no point to playing the song. <laughs> like, what did they pull out? Because I think they said I, they, they would not play like use the lyrics. I want to lick you from your head to your toes. Oh, 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 that's okay. I, I, okay, I know that song. They now. wouldn't. They completely edited that part out, so there was no. It was the weirdest version of that song so, like, I've that ever heard. So like that sentence is missing, like its vowel and the objects, and like yeah. So 
it's missing that part of the song, but then every other dirty thing that just doesn't specifically reference mm-hmm. sex is still mentioned in the radio edit. So I, can just, I can just picture it being like, I want to, eh, 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 like, it, and just like a weird sound for like six No, it beats. kind of just cuts that whole section out. Oh, that's weird too. It's really weird. So it's just, I want to? Yeah. I'm sure there's other musical people that have just done I want to yeah. as a song. Maybe that's just a, but a it, Spotify that. Yeah. Anyway, it was <laughs> weird. But I really like that. Uh, was it Problem or Trouble? I don't remember. But that Apu documentary that Nahari Kanabalu do. And I, I recommend anyone seeing it. Um, because it did make me think. Because, you know, growing up. Oh, well, okay. Short, a short Circuit movie that he talks about in, in the Apu documentary. Mm-hmm. Fisher Stevens is a white Caucasian dude mm-hmm. in brown face mm-hmm. as an Indian character. And when I saw Short Circuit 2 as a child, mm-hmm. I didn't know. But he's playing, so, like, looking back now, uh, if I rewatch that movie, which I don't know why I would, Michael McKean's in it, so that's okay. But um, it's, it's a very problematic mm-hmm. thing. And growing up as a Simpsons person, like the idea of Ipu, I think I was talking to my nephews about this, and that thank you come again had become such a, like a catchphrase, um, like an, another easily imitatable mm-hmm. piece. And like my one nephew was like, you would do that? Like, as a, and I was like, yeah, it was the joke of the character. You don't realize, like, mm-hmm. at 12 or 13, you don't realize that you're stereotyping mm-hmm. an entire subcontinent of people. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think the interesting thing that I heard, uh, Harry uh, Kandabalu? Yes. Kandabalu, something like that? I, I'm not going to attempt his last name because I would be very bad at it. But uh, the one interesting thing that I heard him say at one point was not that the character was offensive so much as just insulting. Right. And that's what we continue to do when we uh, do such stereotypical things like that. And I think that like, he's totally fair in the... In the uh... Where we learned that, you know, I'm a white, straight male. Mm-hmm. Media is full of me. Uh-huh. And growing up as an Indian person, as a Pakistani person, mm-hmm. the only thing that you can relate to on television is a poo mm-hmm. or whatever random cab driver is on a TV show. Like, yeah. Because that's all they did. Like, that's all those actors had those choices for a long time. Like, mm-hmm. and I think it's good that we're getting to a point where, I mean, The Big Sick was one of my favorite movies of last year. Oh my gosh, that's uh, a good movie. And I, and I didn't watch it until entirely too late. Like, I should have seen it first week mm-hmm. in the theaters. But, um, you know, we're at the point where Kamal Nanjiani is mm-hmm. going to be some kind of star out of this. Yeah, well, it just won a Golden Globe, right? I don't remember. I know it's nominated for the Oscar, but... Oh, it's nominated for the Oscar. That's right. I know. I think you got the writing screenplay. Yeah. Which is great. Like, in that category, that original screenplay category is a killer. Like, mm-hmm. whoever wins is okay by me. Yeah. Why did you start doing comedy? I didn't realize that comedy in Philadelphia was a thing. Uh, I always assumed... Like, I had known about... Because I, I, I grew to love SNL as a teenager... And the 25th anniversary happened, and there was so much, like, information and books and articles that had come out after the 25th, 25th anniversary mm-hmm. that I had known about the Groundlings in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and Second City in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I assumed that if I wanted to pursue comedy or do anything with comedy, I would have to move to one of those two cities. Mm-hmm. And I just never did. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's laziness or just fear of moving away or... Mm-hmm getting out of the city that I grew up in and I know about. Um, so when I found out that there was some form of comedy in Philadelphia, like, mm-hmm. oh, I can still do something and be mm-hmm. close to home. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. How did you find out there was something in Philly? Uh, I don't remember exactly why, but Secret Pants was a big part of it. Um, my brother and I would go to wrestling shows as like his our guys' nights out. And this was before, uh, this is our guys' nights out. And somehow I learned, I found out about Bryce, and like on their one website, he had a, a profile that uh-huh. had a link to Secret Pants. 
because it actually said like for Bryce's comedy work, go to the like. Mm-hmm. So I click on it. I'm like, oh wait, he's he lives in Philadelphia, and he mm-hmm. where does this happen? And then I found out about like Secret Pants doing shows at uh, various places. Uh, Helium had just opened pretty recently, to, mm-hmm. so uh, so stand up finally became a thing in Philadelphia again. So yeah, so I found out that I eventually found out about Fit, and that one of the guys in Secret Pants was doing class. So I signed up for that class. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I did uh, Sketch Comedy 101 with Bryce, Brian Kelly. Bryce Kelly? Is that Bryce what you Kelly, always yeah. said? I'm going to put them two together and mm-hmm. just... With Brian Kelly, okay. With Brian Kelly, yeah. So that moves us nicely into our next question is, like, what are all the classes you've taken? Who have you studied with? Okay, so... Who are the cool people you learned your comedy chops with? So spring of 11, 2011, I do 101 with Brian. Mm-hmm. Um... And then the fall fit offered, I think they called it like a master class or something with Kevin Allison of the state, mm-hmm. where the whole idea was you would, over the eight weeks, you would write a show and then do the show at the end of the mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, fit was only doing two weeks a month at the Shubin. There wasn't a lot of opportunity, so it felt like a good thing. And then they were like, hey, uh, we'll do half you know, you can do half down and half later. So, okay, so the fa- that financial hurting was, like, changed. Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing that. We did a show in, like, December of 11. Mm-hmm. A group of us got together out of that, became judo range. And then, for whatever reason, I decided to take 201 with Paul mm-hmm. that January or February. Nice. Um, while still in judo range. Got it. Who all was in judo range? Okay, judo range... In its permanent iteration, or at least the, uh, it was myself, Matt J, Chris McGrail, Chris Coletta, Mike Dieva, uh, Blythe Wimbush was with us for a while, uh, Devant, uh, was our technical director, mm-hmm. which is really helpful to have if you... A technical, but how is that different from a regular director? He did, he did all the, the tech stuff, like, okay. Um, so we didn't have to worry about someone else screwing that up. Like, having having someone that you can trust to do tech is very helpful, yes, it like, is. especially when they're with every meeting and they're pitching jokes and they're helping. So, <laughs> um, Ian Vathlor, Joe Gates was with us for a little while, yeah. We we only survived like nine months. Mm-hmm. But we did a lot in that time. Like, I feel... How many shows did you do? We were, like... I saw one of the shows. Yeah, you did. Um, we probably did, like, four or five actual full sets. They're all different sets? A couple of things would carry over from one to the other. Like, I know there was a Fit set. There was a F. Herald Festival. Another Fit set. We did Camp Woods Plus, another fit set, and then uh, they ended at a sketch fest. Oh. But then we would do theme shows. We would go to the uh, sketch ups. And... That's definitely a lot to fit into nine months. Yeah, I feel, I feel like we did a decent amount of work. I don't know if it was decent work, but <laughs> there, was definitely quanti- there was definitely quantity. I don't know how much quality. Got it. Because I, I look back at some of the stuff I did and... I would rewrite everything now. Mm-hmm. And I, there's part of me that wants to. <laughs> like, um, no, I remember laughing at some of the stuff from your show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, because I remember laughing at the Full House sketches. Yeah, those were weird. Yeah. And d- didn't work as well as I wanted them to. <laughs> but I also remember the only other real memory I have from your show uh, and I recall laughing at it too. Was somebody on stage broke and compl- it was a gangster sketch? I want to say. Okay. Uh, and somebody said the words "Wolverine come" and then just completely <laughs> lost it. I, I vaguely remember that sketch, and I that was the show that you saw was a like I don't know if we call it co-production or uh, but Judo Range and American Breakfast got together. And we did a show together where it wasn't okay. even like most shows where you had two sketch acts. You have one does twenty, another one does twenty. Like mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. We inter we were interwoven and in everything. Oh. We shared actors. We shared writers. We we were in each other's sketches and vice versa. Like, uh, so I think we called it like American Breakfast at the no. Judo Breakfast at the American Range or American uh, something like that. Um, yeah. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a little hectic. That was a last minute show, but mm-hmm. it was a fun one. What other forays back into group performing and writing have you had since judo range? Um, well, I took some time off mm-hmm. uh, after a friend show that I did. Uh, I disappeared for a little bit because after that friend show, the the ratio to work to joy yeah. was out of sync for me. So yeah, so I disappeared and I came back. Uh, actually, I saw Swedish at their first iron sketch Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i signed up for that like immediately and i think i did like the next month or the following month Mm -hmm. uh i did that right away yeah i remember after that show sean landis saying to you you know every time i see you in a show you're always shirtless there was a point i think in every judo range show i am in some manner of undress like Mm -hmm. uh yeah I think that's only recently stopped. <laughs> stopped by design or stopped because the spirit just doesn't move you? I mean, I'll, I'll I'll be shirtless for, you know, whatever, if it's a funny enough thing. But I think I think I stopped volunteering for the, some of those certain sketches. Because it was one of those things like, yeah, I'll do it. It's fine. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll dance around my underwear. It's okay. How do you like doing... <laughs> My question has nothing to do with any state of undress, but I'm, it's coming up right after that, so I feel like I need to like keep on following that line of thought, but I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask more, so how do you, because I know you've done a few of the iron sketches, you've done sinker sketch, mm-hmm. how do you like that style of uh, producing slash writing slash working with people that you're just meeting kind of stuff? I think it's interesting especially with Iron Sketch, the idea that we're all writing for a specific thing and the the creativity that it actually does foster mm-hmm. really helps. Like, um, the second time I did Iron Sketch, our prop was Blanket. Mm-hmm. The night of the show, we had just cut, I think, like two sketches. We walked into the, the green room and the other team was doing a sketch... That wasn't exactly like the sketch I had pitched, but it was close enough that I was like, oh my gosh, we dodged a bullet. So like <laughs> we had both written peanut sketches about Linus and his mm-hmm. blanket. Like mine was darker and creepier. Theirs was a little di- like not as dark and creepy, but mm-hmm. uh, the idea that you know, we can walk into a room and, you know, I think like I did, the first one was water for me. Mm-hmm. And I think there were two different taste test sketches. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, they, there they were two different They veered different ones. directions. Yeah. Again, mine was, I think, a little darker and weirder mm-hmm. for whatever reason. That Yeah, yours was, from what I remember, yours was darker and weirder and shorter. And the other team had a sketch that uh, took it more of like a, because yours was with a sommelier and the other yeah. one was like a taste testing contest yeah. of water or something like that. And theirs was a little longer. Yeah, and I don't know, it's just something that, like, oh, we're using something that's drinkable and everything, and everyone does every day. Let's have a snob talk, like, mm-hmm. let's get snobby about it. And mm-hmm. um, and that sketch was a lot longer before mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rob Banowitz cut it, <laughs> like, <laughs> made me cut it down in, like, half, mm-hmm. which I'm still actually really grateful for. <laughs> What's, like, your most favorite thing that you've ever written? That I've ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, the first thing I tried, uh, one of the first sketches I ever, I think I, I don't know if I ever used it for classes, but I, I wrote this sketch uh, that's a car commercial. Uh, and it's called the, the Chevrolet Chase. Mm-hmm. And it's just 45 seconds of Chevy Chase puns. <laughs> but 
I backload it the joke, <laughs> uh-huh. so you don't understand that it's forty five seconds of Chevy Chase puns. Mm-hmm. So you have to rewatch it to be like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, and like it's just like a rabbit fire, like, oh yeah, one, two, like there's there's ten jokes like right into it, but no one knows that they're jokes <laughs> because I it, you should I start I should have started the video with it's the Chevrolet like Chase and then go through like. Mm-hmm. So, instead of having, like, 11 jokes in it, there's, like, one kind of joke at the end. Uh-huh. If you even see where it's going. Like, yeah. And it's one of those things that, like, has no one done that before? Uh-huh. Like, I googled for weeks trying to find some other comedy video about a Chevy Chase. Hey, if... Nothing. I don't understand how that wasn't a thing yet. Like... Maybe it just wasn't on the internet yet. Uh, maybe, but also, that's a good thing that it wasn't on the internet, like, yeah. that you were doing an original thing. But it's one of those things that's like, that, that idea is, to me is so stupid. That's why, my two cents. <laughs> why hasn't that been done before? Yeah. That was the surprising part to me. Mm-hmm. That is surprising. That, I don't know, but I don't know if that's my favorite thing, but it's something that I, I really do still enjoy, and I want to re-edit it to fix it. <laughs> one of these days, I'll actually one of sit these down days, and do it. You need to do it. The day that this gets released, I want to see that edited sketch. The re-edited sketch. version? Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll... Yeah, that's my official challenge to you. All right, I'll see if I can find all my original footage. Yeah, that I cut and then together. when this iPod, this iPod <laughs> drops, this, when this podcast drops and all of this gets cut out, I'm going to be very <laughs> upset. We're going to talk for like an hour and a half and it only ends up being 27 minutes yes. long. Like. Unbelievable. Believable. <laughs> All right. Who? I already know the answer to this one, but who's your favorite SNL uh, cast member? Um, historically, it's Phil Hartman. Okay. Uh, like there's there's like certain points where like I loved Mike Myers growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seasons that I grew up with, like Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I I do carry a bit of a torch for Will Ferrell and Sherry O'Terry, but I think always. I think after watching as much as I have mm-hmm. and reading as much as I have and everything else that he's done, Phil Hartman's probably. Got it. And what's your favorite SNL sketch? Sketch? Oh, goodness. We've talked about this before, and you don't like it. Uh, there's a sketch, and I think it's like Norm MacDonald's last appearance as, as a cast member. Uh-huh. It's a game show parody called Who's More Grizzled? And it's uh, Norm MacDonald is the host uh, of this game show. Yeah. And Garth Brooks... And Robert Duvall are the, are the characters in Old Man mm. get up. And for whatever reason, it tickles me so much. Like, it is so funny to me. Yes, it's probably a little too long. Like, I I remember you sent that to me. Yeah. Uh, but you sent, like, some real bootleg copy yeah, that you was, found on YouTube. No, it was my bootleg copy. Okay, so, so, like, yeah, it was, like, a real bootleg copy that's, like, yeah, hard to watch. Yeah. So just the quality of it was hard sure. to watch to begin with. That's and right. then I didn't get it after. for whatever reason i don't know why like but that's your favorite sketch that so that's sketch great. makes me laugh like there's certain other ones that like it's taken me a while to find that uh i had another bootleg jacked up copy of the cats anniversary retrospective that they did um which i think i shared with uh when uh goat rodeo did the cat sketch for the first time I actually sent Aubrey that video, like, where uh, it's the 25th anniversary of Cats, and as you go through backstage, James Vanderbeek plays a very happy new cast member, like, I'm so excited to be on Cats, and everyone else has been there for 10 years and hates their lives, like, (laughs) and it's just, I don't know, that juxtaposition's funny to me, like, Uh um, I think Will Ferrell has, like, open bleeding sores because the makeup's just eating his skin, like, it's... It's silliness, but it's it's so weird and fun to me. Uh-huh. Oh, that bleeding <laughs> source. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to move on. <laughs> Was anyone in your family funny? Where did this love of comedy come from? We already covered that part, but he asked the where did it come from before that. I don't think. I mean, oh, like... you can re-answer the question. Because you kind of answered it before. I wouldn't say anyone in my fa- family's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's points where people can be funny, but I was the youngest, Mm -hmm. and there was also, 
like a seven year gap between me and the the next one. So like, not only was I the youngest, and I had all those character traits that youngest children usually have. Yeah. Which apparently is very true. I was also I also had a bunch of only child traits, so I was always abusing myself and like. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it mostly came from was like just entertaining myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and like growing up in the city, and I grew up in a very that became a very bad part of the city. I stayed in like all the time, so it was all TV, movies. Mm-hmm. So, got it. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Josh and I went to high school together. Yes, we did, and we weren't friends back then. We were not friends back then. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't actually uh, <laughs> become friends until after high school. Yeah, but. From what I remember of you in high school, I don't remember you being anybody that would do plays or anything like that. Did you Did you only do uh, skits at Bible camp? No, you didn't even do skits at Bible I didn't do camp. This, I, I didn't do this one, but I would do things at Bible camp. Yeah, for sure. Like, okay. I, I distinctly remember um, this one year. I forget like how old I was. Uh, we, did a, we did this little skit where I think I, someone held up a sign like the fall of Roman Empire. And then I came out holding a thing that said Roman Empire and someone just pushed me. And I just did the pratfall and I thought that was hilarious. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, I, I, anything, I would do anything for a laugh at generally for my entire life. Like, mm-hmm. if I thought someone would laugh at me or with me, what, whichever, I don't really care. Um, I would do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But no, I never performed, like, there's a part of me that looks back and, like, kind of wishes, like, mm-hmm. like that's something I might rewrite like mm-hmm. you know if the movie big happened and that big's not a good that's no, not how that works that's not how that works at all like what there's 13 going on third no, no that doesn't yeah, work out either goes, <laughs> where's the one that the adult goes back and learns the life freaky uh, but that has a parent switch kind of thing instead of like like i want to go back to like 1999 and mm-hmm. redo a couple oh, things wait. that's fine we can if i ever quantum leap back like I'm going to think of it tonight. Being of an artsy person mm-hmm. in high school, more performing person than... Mm-hmm. Let's try it out. Yeah. Did you write anything besides sketches when you were younger? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, my senior year of high school, I wrote... Um, I'm going to say it's a novella because it's kind of short. Uh-huh. Uh, where I translated uh, King Lear oh. into like a more modern context. That I got savage for because, like, someone's like, Yeah, that's not how that works at all. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I think I turned it into my King Lear owned an, like a private entertainment company mm-hmm. and he was splitting the divisions between his daughters mm-hmm. instead of like the land. Uh, mm-hmm. And but then everything else is exactly the same, just set in LA with this fictional entertainment cap. No. God, I'm so unfamiliar with King Lear. Oh. Yeah. King Lear is a Shakespearean play. It's a tragedy where... Yeah, we don't... No, I'm just kidding. This king must abdicate his throne and give the... And break up his kingdom. Uh-huh. I mean, this is not going to stay in at all. <laughs> uh, between his three daughters. I forget that you can edit things out, so I'm, like, trying to be really good about, like, <laughs> yeah. staying, like, on target. Did you do that for Miss Bernie's class? Creative writing? No, that was my senior project. Oh. Oh. I didn't have to yeah. do a senior project. Uh, that was my... Yeah. Yeah. I was the we were the, you were the guinea pigs for that one. Yeah. Now they just volunteer somewhere. Mm. Whatever. I wrote a book. <laughs> I say flat. And what did you ever do? <laughs> how has uh, recording this podcast and doing this podcast? How has that shaped your comedy? Has that changed it at all, or is it just like opened you up to all different sorts of things? Um. It's opened me up to think like I really appreciate other people's like point of view, like how I do things, how I look at things, you know, specifically one way, and it's obviously not the the correct way for everything, mm-hmm. but I do see things certain ways. I would reduce certain sketches certain ways, you know. I, I'll see a show and like, why do they do that instead of like this, mm-hmm. you know. That's the most constant. You know, I am silently judging you when I'm in the audience. I know you are. Um, that's everybody. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I've stumbled on a couple questions, like, 
I've had a couple conversations with people where I'm really appreciative of some perspective that they had that I've never thought of before or some piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Like I put out that advice episode a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. And a lot of those things that people said, I was like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we should do that. Like, maybe I should take a woodworking class instead and meet people. I'm not going to because I, I would cut <laughs> off a finger. But, but you know, being outside of the comedy bubble and, uh, you know, just experiencing other things, uh, punching in the right direction, maybe not even punching... Mm-hmm. And making fun of maybe celebrating differences, mm-hmm. like uh, Matt Schmidt said, like let's celebrate the weird. Mm-hmm. So you know, let's be weird. You know, it's it's been really helpful to think. Granted, I edit and do things, so I, I definitely write a lot less than I mm-hmm. might like to, but it's still mm-hmm. enjoyable. Oh, good. It's not a bad way of spending my free time. No, I don't think. Does this help you get out to see more shows? I don't know. I don't know, because there's still a lot of times where I'm just like, I'm going to stay in tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch that episode of Bob's Burgers again. Like, yeah. I do that a lot. Well, Sorry. S- staying in is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay, so to wrap this up then. Okay. What is uh, some advice that you would give to uh, somebody who's just starting out in comedy? I tend to believe that, like, context is everything. Like, mm-hmm. I always worry that a lot of the ideas I have, because I'm seeing them, you know, in my eyes and my experience, no one else is going to get it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things I've I've wanted to write that I'm like, how am I going to explain all of this to make it funny? Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's a reason Saturday Night Live gives you... A, a static shot of some office building or something before the sketch starts mm-hmm. it you know to put you into the moment like you know use props use things to help us mm-hmm. get a visual mm-hmm. understanding of what you're doing what you're supposed to be doing what you thing to be doing uh you know settings backgrounds mm-hmm. you know anything that you can help to anything that you can do to help the audience understand more of where you're coming from mm-hmm generally is helpful i think like and there, there's a certain uh there's a certain um you know like minimalism's good and it's helpful and, and and when you do it well there's certain people in the city that do it really well but there's certain sketches that minimalism is not going to you know mm-hmm. if you're going to be at a dinner table put plates and food like you know I, I I always joke that I'm a disciple of Secret Pants, that, like, I'm a full believer in full costume, full prop. Let's make it as believable as, mm-hmm. you know, as we can. Mm-hmm. Let's get there, you know, help everyone's experience and... Yeah. You know, I'm not a minimalist person at all. No. Because I think... I feel like we even had a microphone on stage or two... Or some kind of, like, prop to make it look like a radio station when we did this. My first sketch back then. We definitely had props, because you had the bread, you had... uh, The cinnamon. I know I had cinnamon wrap. Yeah. And I remember I dressed to look like one of the hosts. We tried to... We tried to... We tried to be in costume a little bit. We did. I almost... I think we did actually have microphones with us. We really went all out for that My First Sketch. (laughs) Huh. Yeah, I, th- I just think context and uh, context is helpful. Mm-hmm. As much as much context as you can give somebody without being like, "Here's a page and a half of backstory," mm-hmm. which is always my problem. Is my mm-hmm. first drafts generally have a page and a half of backstory that I have to whittle down and mm-hmm. fix. Josh, why do you do comedy? Um, it's honestly what I've always wanted to do. There was a joke in high school that I would be. Hired for Saturday Night Live and then immediately fired <laughs> when they found out I wasn't funny or something. Like I forget what the whole context of it was, but like or like the show would be canceled because of me. Uh huh. Because like I, that's all I, I've always wanted to write. Mm-hmm. I definitely got to a place a couple years ago where uh, 
I wanted to like have fun and do something that was joyful. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's more joyful than comedy and making people laugh and trying to be funny with people you like and mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think it's like I think it's a solid way of spending your time. I think it's the problem solving that writing comedy creates like mm-hmm. is more enjoyable than other problems that are that you can be solved like mm-hmm. figuring out like why one joke works and not the other and how to fix the other joke is mm-hmm. a better use I don't know like it's just what I it's not like spending my time like, like I'm not a whore I was never a horror movie person I, like I don't like a lot of dramas mm-hmm. I always go to comedy as my go to mm-hmm. so yeah, I don't know. Just gonna have to do it. Yeah, it just seems like a good use of my time. Josh, this has been real. Thank you for letting me take over your podcast. Yeah, thanks for doing it, because I think this was pretty much the plan since day one, was whenever my time would come around, it was going to be you, so... Yeah, thank thanks you. Thanks for doing it. I hope I did it justice. Did I fill your shoes properly? We'll see. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You're fine. Fine. Like... Thank you, everybody. Thanks to Julia Hudson for turning the tables and interviewing me. Thanks also to Brian Craig and Samantha Russell for allowing us to record and hang out at their place. I really have no plugs outside of this show, so head to myfirstsketch.com. As I record, this Philly Sketchfest 2020 is still happening in June, and we're hoping that if it happens in June, it'll be a time for us to come together and celebrate comedy and celebrate bringing together and making each other laugh. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketchfest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com. Follow Philly Sketchfest on Instagram, at Philly Sketchfest. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. Like my first sketch on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. I can't tell you to go see some comedy, so I guess YouTube? I'm not going to keep drinking because I'm drinking Diet Coke, and I'm just going to burp straight into this microphone. <laughs> I will not cut that out. Uh, well, maybe maybe I'll work on it, but...